Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Jake and Lindsay. All right, guys, before I preach, everyone has to get your phone out. This is one of those times where the pastor's telling you to play with your phone. Well, not to play, not to play. Now, I brought this little book up here, this this little box up here to just demonstrate something for you. We've been asking you to take those boxes and bring them back, and you're doing all that. You're giving toward the uh, sponsoring the kids. But uh, while you're giving, while you're passing in those baskets, pull, either either scan that code right there or open up the City Life app to a little thing that looks just like this. I need everybody to do this so you can see what I'm talking about. Because if you don't see it on your phone, it's not going to work. If you're watching online, they are dropping a link in right now for you to, to go right to that. And so... So if you're watching online, you've got it that way too. So everybody can get it. Scan the code and uh, or else go to the app, refresh it, because there's a little refresh button at the bottom. Refresh that, and this thing's going to pop up somewhere there on that front screen. But while you're, while you're getting that pulled out, I want to explain to you something that unique that's going to happen. We've been doing Operation Christmas Child. Uh, it, it's a part of who we are now. And it's where we fill up these boxes. But do you realize we're not the only church doing this? In fact, other churches are, but there are individuals and there are companies around town, right here in downtown, where people just do this because they want to help someone. Some of these people don't go to church. They have nothing to do with anything, but they want to help out a child. And so they will fill up a box or two, or some companies will, will encourage everybody in their, in their company to fill these out, to fill these up. So this year, Operation Christmas Child approached us and said, we desperately need a location for people to drop their filled boxes off in downtown Fort Worth. And we said, well, that's interesting because that's where our church is. So it was kind of a cool little connection. Of course, they already knew that. Uh, but but it, was a, it was a great connection. So beginning next Monday, all the way through the following Monday, so Monday of next week, all the way through the following number, Monday for eight days, on, in the afternoons from two to four people are going to be bringing these boxes in, and we're going to be collecting them and packaging them, putting them in, in bigger boxes so that they can get off to their destination easily. This is an outreach opportunity for us as well because some people will come with needs. Some people will come that are not connected to church at all. So I am looking forward to this because it's not only an outreach uh, to, to the children in other countries, but it's a way of helping the larger organization and reaching out to the people right here in downtown Fort Worth who may be helping a child, but will also come and experience the love and the life of Jesus Christ through City Lifers. So here's what I'm asking you to do. If you've already scanned this, or if you've gone to the app and looked it up, or if you've looked at the link that they've shared with you through one of our online sources, whether it's the app or the computer or or the, uh, what was it? So YouTube, Facebook. I know you guys are all over the place. I've said hi to most of you already today. But if you, if you go to that link and take a look at it, what you're going to see are some options. And we need several people to fill these time slots from 1.45 until 4.15 
And, and I especially need some dudes. I need some men to also come and do this. Now, ladies, that does not exempt you. Yeah, you should come and be a part of this also. But, but I need some men to do this as well. And if you are available any of those days, so it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, snack, and then the, the following Sunday and then Monday, please go ahead and note the dates that you can serve. Already several, if not most of our elders have already said that they've already selected dates. And we just, we want to fill this completely up. And, and after, later on today, at some point, if we have some of our dates already filled out, complete, we have enough people who are already uh, uh, able to serve, then we're going to mark those dates off so you won't be able to sign up for those, and it'll begin to narrow it down. So go ahead and sign up for what you're interested in today because we want you to be able to serve. It's a great opportunity to minister to our community. All right, I'm just going to give this box away to Hunter. Whoa, yeah, you got it. Almost. That's pretty good. Yeah, you, you like the way I, I, I kind of threw it, but then gave it some acceleration. It's always dangerous to throw things from the platform. For those of you who are looking down at your phone and, and, uh, and texting, you're going to have to go back to the video to see that. That was actually fun. Actually, I kind of wish we would have had a video right there on Hunter catching it. That was, a, that was pretty good, though. Did you do sports when, when you were a kid? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you actually have some catching skills. I like that. All right. Well, I know you're finishing that up. And while you are, that's great. But I'm going to ask the uh, guys to go ahead and put our scriptures up on the screen today because it's time for us to dive into God's Word. Now leave that up there for a minute. So, And you, you, you should also write those down because I want, I'm going to share a lot of scriptures today, but especially these two we're going to hit here in just a couple of minutes as I dive into this message. Um, I, I'm in a series called A Sound Mind. And it's, talking, it's really about mental health, but I'm not dealing with it from the approach of, am I, okay, there's stuff in the sky, yeah, okay, it's like, we're getting some music up here, some, yeah, it's funny because a few years ago, we actually had to change things up to the fire department, which is like across the street from us, we would get their fire department information right in the middle of services, and they're like, oh, okay, well, that's not what we want to hear, and then I started wondering, are they hearing my sermons over the fire department? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. All right, well, the, the, the music ended, but that, that, that's inter- that stuff happens from time to time. There's no, nothing we can do to control that, uh, but, uh, but I, I'm, I'm approaching this from a spiritual perspective. And there, there are a lot of, I'll just say this again up front, there are a lot of great mental health resources on the internet. Use them, be discerning, don't do anything demonic, you know, like don't start like going inside yourself to do things and don't, you know, I, I do not recommend any, any of that, anything that has to do with the occult or, or hypnotism, those types of things. But there are some great therapists and doctors uh, who can help you with these issues, and I just say right up front, use them. I'm not a therapist and I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to talk to you from that perspective. They will talk to you from their perspective and their education. I'm going to talk to you from my education and my perspective, which is the Bible, which is the Word of God. And, but, but I'll also say during this series, as you've noticed so far, I do not have any pat answers. I don't, I don't have any five-step formulas. But I'm addressing how to deal with these things, again, from a biblical and a Christian perspective. And this, so we're talking about how to support and encourage people uh, who, are, who are going through different struggles as well as how to deal with it yourself. 
And, and, a, and a good way to encourage others with this is to share this, show the podcast, which is, you know, we, we also have all these recorded vi- video versions of this out there. And we have our vi- audio podcast, which is like all over the place as well. Just, you know, put in City Life Church, downtown Fort Worth. You'll find it. Look for our logo. But it's everywhere. You go to Spotify, it'll pop up there. It's Apple, iTunes, you know, Google, Happy Store, podcasts. I don't know. But it's, it's on Amazon podcast. It's everywhere. But just... Just go and find it and share it with somebody who needs to hear it. But, again, this is a biblical Christian perspective. And today's title is Addressing Addiction, because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to address addiction. Um, The terms addict or my addiction or addictive personality... Those terms are tossed around a lot today, and I just want to toss this out, ask you a question in advance, are those really accurate descriptions? Or do they potentially misrepresent the root of people's struggles? Also, is addiction an emotional issue? Is it a biological issue? Is it genetic or spiritual? Or is it a medical issue? Is it a combination? Well, I'm going to be talking about that as well. And I strongly recommend that you take some notes. Be ready to write some things down. I'm going to be sharing with you some scriptures that will be very, very helpful. And if they're not helpful for you personally, there is somebody within your sphere of influence who is struggling with addiction. It will help them. Now, let's just say this right up front. Everybody either struggles with it at some level at some time, or you know of someone who, who, well, you also know someone is, but everybody struggles with it or has struggled with it. So let's just clear the air on that, okay? And uh, therefore, addiction is a lot more common than a lot of people believe. Just by praying a prayer of profession of faith or taking communion, it doesn't absolve a person from experiencing addiction. Uh, Addiction brings along with it shame, a lot of shame, a lot of secrecy. That's why we just don't like to talk very much about those things. Uh, It also brings with it denial. I'm going to say some things today that are going to be, that may be tough to swallow, but I'm asking you to hear it because it's truth. Because a, a lot of people also deny that an addiction exists, and it really is existing, and it really is controlling you. But nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, is today is is meant to shame anyone. I, 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 I there, there are these are some harsh realities that I'm going to be talking about today. But just because there's an addiction does not mean you're less of a person. It also does not mean you're less of a Christian. We're going, we're, but we're going to talk about it. I'm going to say some strong things today because the scriptures deal with these types of issues in a strong way as well. And if I just soften it, if I just kind of dance around these issues, then, then what use is it? You might as well just go to a therapist who's not going to give you the Word of God and do that, to do those things. But you need to also have the Word of God. So I'm going to pray right now. And I want you to pray with me that the Holy Spirit will convict in this room. And those of you who are watching online, I know many of you are watching online today, a lot of people, more than normal, uh, I want you to pray this prayer as well. So let's pray. Pray with me. 
Just pray these words. Holy Spirit, I make myself available to your word and to its work in my life. Convict me in the areas I need conviction. And give me the courage to take action and to change. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's the truth. None of us, none of us are as free as Jesus Christ died for us to be. There's always more freedom. Always. More to be accomplished in our lives through the power of Jesus Christ. And so it's very important that none of us fall into this trap of, of denial if you're suffering from addiction. So I want to start off today by just really kind of explaining addiction. And, and, uh, and here's basically what it is. It's when a person uses a substance or an activity to make them feel better so that emotional or physical pain will go away. And over time, what happens, you need more and more of it to get the same effect. And uh, that person could be you, it could be your spouse, it could be a loved one. But remember this, this is, this is our key phrase through this entire series. This is it. You've seen this before. You can even quote it out loud now. Come on, say it with me. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. That means you come to Christ the way you are, but you need to change need to change. Addictions can include uh, alcohol, drugs, pornography, gambling, nicotine, unhealthy eating, shopping too much, excessive television or internet usage. It can be sex. It can be constant busyness. It can be work. The list can go on and on and on. I may not even touch on the, a particular area of addiction that you may be struggling with. But ultimately, what it does is it tempts you with this temporary good feeling. And spiritually speaking, what it does is it pulls you away from the only true source of fulfillment, which is God. That's what addiction is. Addictions are, are fueled by stress. They're fueled by depression. And I've already preached on those two topics as well, so it's good to go back to those. And But what addiction does is it has this numbing effect on a person's emotions. And I know we live in American culture, and in today's culture, numbing is a very, very popular way to manage stress, but that doesn't mean it's okay. God has wired us, it's His design, so that we will actually feel our emotions. And that includes feelings that are negative feelings, such as sadness or anger or loneliness. And God allows that so we will learn how to work through the, the situations so that we can see and address them and actually begin to make forward movement in our lives. But, but when we numb ourselves, you, you're actually temporarily, and it's very tempor temporary, you're temporarily uh, soothing the, the, the stress that is, that is challenging your emotions but what happens over time is it begins to sear your soul, your mind, and your emotions, and your will. And, and, it can, and some addictions can damage and even kill your body. Most addictions harm relationships. Some destroy relationships. And many literally demolish people's faith. That's why addictions are not a good thing. See, what, what addictions are is, is, is it's, it's this 
is that it goes toward it. It happens, I guess you could say, because our brain has these uh, reward centers, I believe they're called. Those of you who are the therapists, you're getting really excited now because I'm talking about reward centers. But, but it goes into these reward centers, and, and, and your, your brain lights up like, ah, that's something I like. Okay, for example, eating. Most of you, unless you're fasting, you're going to eat some food today, and you're probably going to pursue some food that is a bit tasty. And so you're going to eat something that's tasty, and when you eat that, it actually produces something called dopamine, and that goes to that reward center, and that chemical tells your brain, remember this. Remember this moment. This is a good thing. And so that's what happens. Like even escaping death, that, that actually does the same thing. It goes through a reward center. That's why when I was in my 20s, my, my oh, teen years, but it's, no, especially in my 20s, I would go to Six Flags every opportunity I had. I had a season pass, and I would stand in line at the Texas Giant and go again and again and again and again. Why? It's because I, there's this rush, this feeling of escaping death, and it, it hit this reward center in my mind. I'm like, that was horribly, terribly wonderful. Let's do it again. I don't do that anymore, but, you know, see, that's, and so what happens there is your brain keeps telling you, keep doing this. It feels good. So there is a biological chemical reaction, but the biological chemical reaction is at the root of addictions. So that's why I actually keep going back to it. So what we do is, again, we use these various methods to escape, uh, temporarily escape whatever kind of emotional pain you're going through. There are things that will trigger you, and you'll find yourself, okay, I'm doing this thing that I don't want to do again, but my brain, but you're saying, I want to numb the pain, but your brain is, 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 is saying, well, I need to feel that pain so I can protect you. And so what happens is your body then gets into this tug of war where you're overstimulating your brain, uh, and, and, it's, and your brain is trying, your, your brain to try to remove the pain, but your brain is saying, no, 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 no. I need to feel pain. So, the, so your brain starts turning that up to try to feel the pain. So what ends up happening, then in order for you to feel good, you have to do the activity over and over again. And then eventually you become depleted, just chemically depleted. And, and, and you can hit a low, low place of depression and regret. And, but, but then in order for you to deal with it, again, you need a tiny bit more the next time, or it needs to be a little more extreme, a little more intense to get that same feeling. And regardless of the addiction, uh, what happens is people will slowly begin to back away from you because of your behaviors. You may not even see it or know the behaviors that you're beginning to, beginning to display among other people, but they will begin to back away from you. A lot of times when, when people see that others have moved away, well, what areas of, of addiction are in your life that's actually precipitating the people moving away from you. But then what happens with addiction is then that makes you feel bad, that makes you feel depressed, and so you go back to whatever the addiction is that you need to get to make yourself feel better, and so the cycle just continues, and it continues. And most of the time, it is a very, very slow continuance. In fact, everyone who is suffering from an addiction is in danger of this vicious downward spiral. Uh, and, and even though they know that there's a problem, and, and you know there's a problem there quite often because it's so slow, you can't really see the downward spiral a lot of times. Sometimes you can, but the, the problem is your judgment is contaminated because of the addiction itself. See, what, what's important here to understand is that addiction causes you to give up 
self-control. It does, because the addiction is now controlling you. Your life is out of control. And, and even though you might be able to keep certain elements of your life going just fine and looking fine, you're doing great in these certain areas, there are other areas of your life that are beginning to suffer and suffer significantly. And this is important, really important here. If there's something in your life that is beginning to control you, then you are no longer in control. And it has to be dealt with because it can take your life. You might say, oh, this little thing? No. Yeah, it needs to be dealt with. Okay, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. It's a great scripture. Let me just give it to you real quick. It says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. So when you, when you don't have self-control, you become very vulnerable to sin and to evil and ultimately death. And, and in contrast, self-control is one of the fruit of the Spirit, which is evident in the life of a growing believer. So as you're growing in your faith, you will exhibit more and more self-control. That's where I want you to be. I want you to be on that side. Self-control, fruit of the Spirit. But addiction is the slow, steady giving away, kind of like you're giving away the keys to your soul. And you keep lying to yourself over and over, I can quit any time. But you can't and you won't. And if you're no longer in control of yourself, what does that make you? It actually makes you a slave. See, if you get anything out of this when it comes to the reality of what addiction is, addiction is slavery. And the chains must be broken. Biggest form of slavery in the United States today is addiction. You see, in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus says that no one can have two masters. So either God or the addiction is the master, ultimately. And as I shared earlier, your soul is in this tug of war. Your soul is your mind and your emotions and your will. It's in this tug of war. But also it ends up causing a tug of war in your spirit. And you can tell. You want to know if you're struggling from an addiction or if someone who's close to you is struggling from addiction. This is important. The primary symptom that becomes obvious to a person, uh, a person of faith, that you're dealing with this cycle of addiction is that your appetite for the things of God begin to diminish. So that includes worship, a desire for reading the Word of God, uh, generosity, church, fellowshipping with other believers, prayer, come to prayer meeting tonight, help break it, come to prayer meeting. I don't feel like I come to prayer meeting, you know. Discipling other people. Jesus said, you're supposed to go and make disciples. Well, you know, I'm just not good enough. Well, that's maybe because the addiction is controlling you. You just can't be good enough. You don't feel like you're good enough. And so you begin pulling away from the things that actually define our faith. And at the same time, the appetite for the addiction is slowly increasing. And so there is this shifting that begins to take place. And that addiction replaces God eventually. And from what I've seen through the years, it always works this way. So you will eventually surrender to worship God or you will put addiction on the throne of your life. So what's important here is to look at where you are right now. 
And, and you need to be alert to the very potential onset of any type of addiction in your life. You need to know the symptoms of addiction. That's good stuff you can research on your own. But, but you don't want to become slaves. And again, one of the biggest symptoms of, of addiction is what I just mentioned earlier, is a waning from the, the basics of your faith. You, the appetite for that is decreasing. You don't want to be a slave. You don't want to be a slave. So if you wake up in the morning and you tell yourself that, man, I'm going to stop doing this, but then you keep doing it again and again and again, my friend, the truth is you're suffering from an addiction of some sort. Now, I'm going to ask, I asked you earlier to locate some scriptures. One of them is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. This is an important scripture. <clears throat> Get this in your Bibles. Do screenshots of this. Do whatever. This is a good one to put to memory. It says, be alert and of a sober mind. Now, of a sober mind, that actually means to be in control of your mind. You should be in control of your mind. Addictions cause you to not be in control of your mind. Okay, so be alert and of a sober mind. Why? It's because your enemy, who's the enemy? The, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see how the end is destruction? He, he's talking to Christians here. He's talking to Christians here. So resist him, the devil, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So be alert. The devil is always trying to set you up to fail. He's setting me up to fail constantly because his ultimate desire is to consume believers. He wants you to be destroyed. Get this. He hates you. You are going to be in eternity with Jesus Christ forever and ever in the most wonderful place. And he got kicked out, and he's pissed off at you because you're a child of God, and he don't want you there. So He's going to do everything he can to destroy you, get you to turn your back on God and everything else. You must resist the devil. But I love it because it actually tells you how. Do you see that? Resist him. How do you do it? By standing firm in your faith. Well, what does that look like? That means you're going to keep worshiping. You're going to keep going to church. You're going to keep fellowshipping and going to your connect groups. And you're going to pray. You're going to, have, you're going to be generous. You're going to be discipling other people. Uh, you're going to be in the Word of God. Those are, that, those are the ways that we stand firm in our faith. That is how to resist the devil. And I'll tell you, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to addiction, this is critical. You can resist the power of those addictions through simply doing what the Scriptures say. Now, there are some things that can lead to addiction uh, that are okay to do, of course. Like I talked about eating a little bit earlier. I mean, we're going to eat. <laughs> but, of course, you have to do it in moderation. But often, there are some other things that a lot of people will use as a crutch. And I said, well, I'm only doing this in moderation, and it's a crutch, but it's actually really not. And, if, and the truth is, if you're going to break free from that addiction that you know is, you're not doing it in moderation, you're just saying it and trying to act that way, it, it, then you, you need to stop even saying, I'm going to do moderation. You need to stop whatever it is altogether. Just, just stop doing it altogether. Now, I also asked you to look up an, another passage of Scripture. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Now, this is Paul. He's speaking to a church that he planted in Corinth. 
And these people were struggling with a lot of stuff. Actually, Corinth was a very, very worldly city. And the, the, the culture of that city was very decadent. And it, it, was a, it was a city with a lot of wealth, but a lot of just, just uh, it was, it was a not a good place to be spiritually. And therefore, there are a lot of things that happened in that church that were, that were similar to the happening in the culture. So here's what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. I have the right to do anything, you say. That's, that's the voice he was doing it in, except he had to write it. I'm sure he kind of put, wrote it a little fancy. I have the right to do anything, you say. Look what he comes back with. But, every, but not everything is beneficial. And then Paul says in his own voice, I have the right to do anything. Oh, look at this next part. What does it say? Look at your Bibles. But I will not be mastered, controlled, dominated, enslaved by anything. And this is another one to memorize. You refuse to be mastered or controlled by any type of slavery. And so this, again, is where the self-control comes in. In getting free from uh, addiction, it demands that you ask God, God, give me more self-control. I mean, jot these things down. Give me more self-control. That is something to pray for regularly. And then you actually have to practice it. You have to start putting that self-control into practice. And, and it, it's not necessarily an overnight thing, but it's something that you have to begin doing. See, I, I've been in the church all my life, and, and I have seen, ever since I was a child, I have seen way too many people's lives destroyed by addiction, and some people have lost their physical lives. They've lost their relationships as well because of addiction. And the temptation is that addiction is going to somehow save you from your trials and your tribulations. It's going to help you to get through till tomorrow, but that's an illusion. See, addiction only provides this temporary relief but brings destructive results, and Jesus is the only true Savior. I've seen a lot of people destroyed, but on the other hand, I want to give you hope. I have seen so many people's lives, I, I mean, like, set free. Some miraculously, even overnight, set free from addiction. That's why we come like this. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Now, thanks, thankfully, the Scripture tells in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17, that, that, that Christians, we have this victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And one of the most amazing things that I've seen through the year growing up in church is I've seen drug addicts, sex addicts, I've seen alcoholics and gambling addicts and even shopping addicts get victory through the power of the Holy Spirit over an addiction, and it is over with. So... That's actually the real emphasis of my message today. Now, if you're struggling with addiction, you should also know this scripture and memorize this next one. I didn't give this to you at the beginning, but you need to write this one down. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13 and 14. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 and 14. Look at this. This one really helped me out, especially when I was about 17, 18 years old. Man, I was so happy I found this scripture. Put it to memory. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. In, in other words, you're not alone with the temptation. And God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He's not going to. So you can bear it. 
But, but when you are tempted, not if, when, 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 the temptations will come. When you are tempted, he also provides a way out so that you can endure it. Most people stop right there. Actually, you can't take scriptures out of context. You guys know me better enough by now. It says, therefore, that's the transition word. So, what this is all about is flee from idolatry. You see, an idol is anything that displaces God, and that's what addiction does. So run away from it. Run from the idol because God is faithful. God has given you a way out, and part of your way out may simply be that you are here, you're hearing this, you're getting scriptures. God's going to touch your heart, touch your life. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to be released. God's going to give some of you victory today. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 13 says this. says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope. What is the blessed hope? It's the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, get this. The Spirit of God teaches us. That's why we we need to be doing the Christian things, you know. Be engaging the Spirit of God because it teaches us to say no, no. Now, how do we do that? We Okay, write this down. Ask for God's grace. God, give me your grace. God, I need this. I need this. And part of it, he's saying this here. I don't want you to miss it. We're supposed to be looking for the blessed hope. So we need to be anticipating that Jesus could arrive at any moment in the cloud, the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ in the clouds. That's the blessed hope. So if you are constantly thinking, you know what? Jesus Christ could return at any moment. I don't want him him to catch me in this state. That is actually one of the keys to staying away from sin, to staying away from anything that would entangle you. And and, and part of, of, of staying free from addiction is to be full of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says this, do not get drunk. You are shocked at me. He said, that's in the Bible? Yeah, just everybody's scared to preach about it, but I'm not. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about that for a second. What is debauchery? That's not a word we use very much. It's an old-fashioned word, and it's still, it's still the best word to use there, but instead of listing a bunch of stuff, most Bibles just use the word debauchery. Let's, let's talk what it is. In other words, here's what he's saying. Drinking, it's going to lead to, it opens the door to, it is the pathway to sensuality, drunkenness, sexual immorality, sexual deviance, lawless idolatry, indulgence, and out-of-control behavior. That's what it opens the door to. I want to say something that I've never said publicly because I didn't ever want to shame anyone. And I'd, I'm not into shaming people, and I never point people out at all. But I've been pastoring here since 2011. But I share this with, with staff. Sometimes I'll share this with elders as well. And I would say somewhere between 70 to 80% of all the pastoral issues I deal with week in and week out, some will have me up all night long, some will consume hours, and it's okay. I, that's what I do. I'm there for people. I, I will be there for people. Somewhere between 70 to 80% of the pastoral issues Tim Woody deals with with City Life Church and has since 2011 involves alcohol at some level. Yet at the same time, oh, alcohol's not a problem. Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to yourself. 
Now, I know some of you might get mad. Some of you might send me text messages. Someone said, but I only do it in moderation. I wasn't pointing at you. So why are you telling me that, that back? You know, just don't. All you're doing is exposing yourself. If you have to feel like you have to let me know you only do it in moderation, that, that just tells me that, that, you know, you've got a problem. And here's another thing. In most of the cases where I've had to deal with this, I mean, again, this is 70 to 80% of everything, of, of all the pastoral stuff that I do outside of preaching. <clears throat> most of the time, the individual believes, literally believes, that alcohol is not a problem in their life. I'm mean, just want to say, like, my dad would have said fooey on that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's wrong. I don't know where he got that word fooey from, but he used to say that all the time. Wrong! Wrong! Obviously, because you've got this deal, you know, that we're trying to walk through with you, and there's drinking involved somewhere. Nobody's shouting me down today on this one. I'm not going to stay on it too long because the Holy Spirit does a lot better than I could ever do. See, but what happens is when we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, it provides power against being controlled by alcohol. That's what this scripture is saying right here. Fullness of the Holy Spirit also provides strength to not be controlled by any addiction. So don't give up hope when you're struggling with addiction, no matter what kind of addiction it is that you're suffering from. God's has, God has the ability to help you. God has the ability to deliver you. And it is much stronger than the hold of the addiction that is on you. Now, let's shift gears here for just a second. Healthy social connections are really, really important. They're very important to breaking free and staying free from addiction. That's why you should be in church, right? That's why you should volunteer to serve in an area of ministry like Operation Christmas Child. Don't, you know, pick up week and all the people are coming by. It's a good opportunity. Get to know some other people who will be an encouragement to you. And some of you, you just need to change some of your friends. Yeah. Well, where's that in the word, Pastor Tim? It's not there. Well, yes, it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, Do not be misled by other people, is what he's saying. Bad company corrupts good character. Man, he's always telling the, Corinth, the church at Corinth this stuff because they really struggle with this. Bad company corrupts. It corrupts good character. So get rid of the relationships that are pulling you back into addiction. Stay away from the places where those people go. Assess, I am, assess your relationships. Assess your relationships. And I'm going to look at them. And I'm talking about your casual relationships as well as your good relationships. And another great solution it does work is to find a peer support group for your particular type of addiction and and you can search online for those but that's not my emphasis today but you need to find someone who will gently help you through conviction through with with uh, with addiction and and church please understand scripturally we actually all have the responsibility to help people who have gotten stuck always my dad used to say this I, i adopted this as one of my lines too because it's really helped me in a lot of ministry situations and as this is i'll be willing to get down into the ditch with you and get muddy and get you know i'll I'll get down in the ditch with you regardless of how how low it is but if you're not going to come out with me i'm not going to stay down here in the ditch with you galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 2 
Look at this. Brothers and sisters. Okay, so he's talking to Christians here. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit, that means the guys who are actually practicing the stuff that I've talked about earlier, those of you who live by the Spirit should restore that person harshly. No, it actually says gently. That's beautiful, isn't it? That means no one's going to beat you up. But watch yourself, believers, if you're helping somebody else, or you also may be tempted. And carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, another way to, to, to deal with this is that when you begin to pray about addiction, which we're going to pray for in just a minute, you need to ask God repeatedly to give you a hatred or a disgust for whatever it is. God, give me a hatred, a disgust for whatever, illicit sex, alcohol, nicotine, drugs, pornography. pornography. God, give me a, a, a hatred, a distaste for Whataburgers. I mean, whatever it is, whatever it is where the, the, the addiction is. This is true. I remember one time there was this, uh, there was this lady who wanted to be set free from nicotine addiction, and, uh, and she had prayed for months. But then she had prayed like that for months, like I was just describing. And then one day it hit her heart because she picked up a cigarette and started smoking, and just within, within seconds she began vomiting, which is a good idea to not smoke. You know, she, if she was doing this at work, this would have been a, made a big mess. But she just literally began vomiting. And so but she tried it again the next day. She tried smoking. The same thing happened. And the next day she tried to light up again. But just the smell of it was so disgusting she couldn't even put it up to her mouth. And, and she just said it, it had this, this skunk-like odor. And it would just, <coughs> wouldn't you love to have that feeling when it comes to the addiction that you're facing? Now, if you, ever, if you want to help somebody who's suffering through an addiction, some quick things here. First of all, never call someone an addict or tell them they have an addictive personality. Don't do that. Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. Those are word curses, and you need to speak and call people the way they are. Also, do not use the phrase, my addiction. It is not your, your, your that means you're, you're owning it. It's yours. Well, I possess this. No, when, you're, when you, when you uh, say things like that, you're actually cursing yourself. It's not who you are. That addiction is not who you are. And when addiction is controlling you, it might seem like there's no way to get out of it, but don't forget this. God is stronger than any addiction, and His power can heal you, and it can defeat something that I call a spirit of addiction, which is ultimately where I'm going today. See, a spirit of addiction is a demonic spirit. And you're not going to get this from your therapist, all right? You're not going to get this from the medical professionals. It's going to get scared of anything that's spiritual or Christian. It's fun. It's, it's, it's so much fun to, like, pray at City Hall because I, I don't pray like, God bless the people here. They're special. In Jesus' name. Oh, I can't say Jesus. In the name of a higher person maybe amen you know i i don't do this i i pray bold faith smile and and, and it, it's it's wonderful because at the end of it i'll have these these city council people happen every time they'll message me they'll say tim thank you so much we needed that prayer like crazy i mean one of them just stopped the meeting this last time and said tim thank you so much for that prayer this city council needed that and others of them when i pray like that they just look at me like who do you think you are you know I don't know who I, it's not who I think I am, it's who I know I am, and I'm a child of God. But a spirit of addiction is a demonic spirit that afflicts a person 
with the intent to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 gives us the job description of Satan and his demons. Their job description is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what addiction does. It steals, it kills, it destroys. Do you see the connection yet? And, and it's funny because, no, it's not funny. It's interesting when it comes to alcohol, they literally call it what it is. They call it spirits. <laughs> Have you ever wondered where that comes from? Well, I've researched it. It's because they believe there are spirits, demon spirits attached to the alcohol. That's why they call it that. Give me some spirits. Okay, give me some demons. I'm just telling you what the culture itself has done. That's not even in the Bible. Here, here's another one. Pray for revelation. Some of you are freaked out at me, and you are just gonna, you're going to send me an email. Don't you dare. All right. Pray for revelation and understanding if the addiction is a spiritual issue. Because you need to pray. Is this a spiritual issue? <clears throat> Often it's a biological or psychological issue, but not all the time. And Jesus came to set the captives free. And there, I do know there are physical, mental, and emotional aspects to addiction, and, but, but God, and God does heal and God del does deliver there. But any addiction can be fundamentally caused by a demon spirit. And it can come from generational curses, ungodly soul ties, participating in the occult, holding on to unforgiveness, abuse, or trauma from others are all open doors. And quite often those things happen in the lives of a child, and that, that it's, a, it's a demon, and it's, it's there to influence you. And when you have more than one uh, addictive spirits at work in your life, I'm just telling you, there's only one answer, and that is deliverance. That is to break the power of that spirit over your life. The Bible tells us we are to drive out demons. Churches in the United States are too scared to talk about it. I don't mind talking about it because it's in the Word, but that doesn't mean you're demon-possessed, but it does mean you need to drive off demons <laughs> because that could very likely be part of your slavery to the addiction. It's actually slavery to the spirit. So I, I encourage you to proactively, just proactively engage in binding and loosing. Jesus said that we're to bind demons and to loose the Holy Spirit. Uh, Matthew 16, 19, Jesus told this to Peter. He says, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so I, I believe in all methods for freedom from addiction. Again, the world has a lot of great methods that can be used but they're not going to offer you the power of God, and that's the missing element. Bobby earlier sang these words in the song that we sang together, and I hope you picked up on these words because as he was singing this prior to the service, as we were rehearsing this, I mean, just, I was just overwhelmed by, by just, uh, I, I, I started to cry. <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed, like, why am I crying? They're going to think I'm upset about something. And, but he just said there's power that can break off every chain and Jesus came to set the captives free. And if you're being held captive in any form of addiction, you need to wise up and engage the power of God so that you can be set free. So I'm going to very, very quickly, as I wrap it up today, give you some elements that will help you, even some steps to walk through. And this is the spiritual side of things, all right? First of all, you need to identify the addiction. Call it by name. Whatever, what is it? Is it? A spirit of sexual immorality? Is it a, whatever, whatever, just call it by name. Because there's a spirit attached to it with that name. So you just address it, a spirit of. <clears throat> Number two is to request forgiveness of sin. 
but especially unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is the biggest one that will hold you back. It really is. Ask God, you know, forgive me of any sin in my life. And we, we practice that in here every week, and I think it's a good practice. But especially unforgiveness. Get rid of it. You've already been cleansed. We've even done communion already. Uh, but sin can keep the deliverance from happening. And number three, here's the third element, is to renounce and bind demons through the blood of Jesus. Again, you just name it. Name it. Uh, I renounce you, you spirit of nicotine in my life. I'm done vaping. You will not have control of me anymore. And then you call on the name of Jesus, and you do it in the name of Jesus because you actually don't have the power in and of yourself. It's only through the name of Jesus. So use the name of Jesus, and, and that name of Jesus breaks the stronghold. So you, 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 you bind up the enemy, and then you loose the Holy Spirit into your life. Say, Holy Spirit, come, 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 come. Holy Spirit, be loosed in this room. Be loosed in this place. Fill me up. Fill me. Flood me with your presence. Fill me with your spirit. Number five is this, is break the power that it holds in your life. Break the power by doing an, what did I say, opposite action. By doing an opposite action. So what's the opposite of your addiction? Well, then you need to do it and remind yourself to do it because you're not accustomed to doing it. Put it on your calendar. If it's excessive eating, then begin to fast. If it's sexual addiction, then uh, abstinence. If it's porn, instead of looking at that stuff, look at the scriptures. Get the word of God in you. Do just the opposite. If it's, if it's you know, obviously you're addicted to the internet, like I surf Googles eight hours a day. Okay, you're addicted and that's bad and that's gonna end up in a lot of bad things in your life. Well, then you just need to start exercising. Just do the opposite because you can't exercise while you surf the Internet, right? Okay, so you begin to, do, to find an opposite thing to do. And here's another one, the next one. Do something huge. Do something huge. Testify. Tell some people about it. Get baptized in water. Well, I was baptized when I was uh, two years old, and, and that's why I'm already baptized. Well, good. I'm happy that you got baptized when you were two. But you know what? If you want to get free, sometimes it means I'm going to get myself back in that tank, and I'm going to be baptized because I want to see my life turned around. Do something big, something huge. Testify. Testify to your pastor. Testify to your family. Testify in a safe place, in a connect group. Tell somebody at work who knows that you've been dealing with an addiction, I am free in Jesus' name. And here's the next one. Don't fight it alone. Don't, don't try to go with this stuff alone. You need other people involved with you. You need other people involved with the healing and deliverance. That's part of the reason for the body of Christ as well. That's part of our reason. Uh, that's your connect group leader or your spouse or another spiritually mature man or woman in the church. And number eight, this, this is the, the final step in this, is then just dive into Christianity. You might say, well, I'm already a Christian. Well, then dive into Christianity. What is Christianity? Well, it's worship. It's prayer. It's the word. It's generosity. It's fellowship. It's being in church. It's discipling other people. You, you understand what I'm saying? So I want us to pray right now. And I'm going to ask everyone in this room just to please stand. We're going to pray. We're going to break some spirits I'm going to address the spiritual end of things. We're going to break some of these spiritual strongholds of addiction. And just as I shared earlier, everybody deals with addiction at least at some time or somehow. So you've got to search your heart on this one. First of all, let's just 
Just tell the Lord you love him. Well, Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this room right now. We invite you, your presence, your life, your power. We invite you in. Give us revelation and release your power in this room. And just right now, just do that first thing. Identify the addiction. What is it? What is it? And we're going to call it by name. You don't have to shout it out. You can whisper it. Whisper it. You can even whisper it so quiet that the person next to you can't even hear you. That's okay. They probably don't need to hear you. (laughs) It's between you and God, but you need to address it by name. Let those words come off of your lips. Spirit of, call it, call it out. Spirit of, boom, I'm addressing you right now. I'm addressing you right now. And you're about to come down. Just to say, you're about to be defeated. If there's unforgiveness in your heart, now release it to the Lord. God, forgive me for any unforgiveness I'm holding toward my spouse. My dad has already passed away. My brother, my in-laws, my ex-boss, I release forgiveness in Jesus' name. Forgive me of sin. Forgive me of sin. Because we've already done this earlier in the service, I'm going to move on. Now you need to renounce and bind those demons in the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus. So again, by name, just I renounce you, you spirit of whatever. Come on, just say it. I renounce you. I renounce you. I renounce you. You're putting it under your feet. I renounce that spirit in the name of Jesus. We bind that spirit. We bind you, demonic force, in the name of Jesus. Just whisper it. Just bind that spirit. Bind you. Come on, and, and just name it. Name it. There. Just, just name it, name it, and say, and do this in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, you are defeated. In the name of Jesus, you must surrender. You must go. You will not control my life. In the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, Jesus, the name of Jesus, you do not hold power over me anymore. In the name of Jesus, and now just loose the Holy Spirit into your life. Would you just, just lift your hands to the Lord? Say, Holy Spirit, just pour yourself out on me. Pour yourself out on me. Pour your spirit out on me. Pour your spirit out on me. Just flood me. Flood me with your presence. Flood me with your life. Flood me. Flood me. Flood me. Flood me. Flood me with your life. Flood me with your presence in Jesus' name. Flood me with your spirit. Flood me with your spirit. Fill me up. Fill me up in Jesus' name. Fill me up in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, that that we are replacing these addictions. We are replacing even these spirits of addiction with the Spirit of God. We drive it out in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that this is a place of victory and it's a place of wholeness. And I thank you, God, that as we move forward today, demonic forces will not be controlling some people's lives. That we are going to be set free. Chains are broken in Jesus' name. Chains are broken in Jesus' name. You're going to break the power of that in your soul. Do the opposite action. Do something huge. Don't fight it alone and dive into Christianity. Just dive in. Just dive in. Just dive in. Now, I, 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 I moved through this quickly. I, we could spend hours walking through this, but but one of the things to do is you continue. Don't just make it a one-time thing. You, you continue with this. That's why our elders come and pray. Pray with you. They will pray with you over anything and everything, and they will keep it confidential. There's no, there's nothing there that you have to worry about. And, and you pray, and you confess your sins, and you can, they will help pray you through these things. Do not, keep a, do not keep walking in the addiction. Let it be exposed to 
the light. Any of you who have been walking through addition need to expose it in the light, in the light of Jesus. The church is the best, safest place. We read it several times. It's the best place. And we are not one of those churches that said, well, let me tell you about Aunt Mabel. Do you know that she's addicted to sugar pops? She, I heard it. We should all just go pray for her. Well, thank God City Life isn't that kind of a church. If you've experienced that in the past, you've walked into a different place. Because here, it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way, all right? So God has miracles in store for you, deliverance, healing, and wonderful life. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.